CICS Chicago International Charter School in the city's Bucktown neighborhood. It's the first week back in class, and it feels like any other day. And they're off. But this is September of 2021. Things look very different than they did a few years ago. The students get temperature checks to start the day. They're also wearing masks, all part of a new normal in the thick of a pandemic that demanded a new standard for how students look and learn. Good morning, CICS Bucktown Eagles. This is Miss O'Connell with your morning announcements. Happy day three of school. I want to go over our Bucktown equity statement and beliefs. Some educators here are implementing something called SEL, which stands for Social Emotional Learning. SEL aims to help children tackle some pretty big challenges, things like managing their feelings, showing empathy for others. And most importantly, advocates say it helps teachers build strong connections with their students. As a Bucktown community, everyone is welcomed the moment they walk through the door. Each community member belongs and is celebrated for the similarities differences, and perspectives they bring to our Bucktown community. We will consistently educate ourselves to learn about different cultures and backgrounds to grow and learn as a community. But CICS Bucktown is far from alone. One analysis from Titan Partners found school spending on ESL grew by more than 45% in the year and a half leading up to April 2021, with more than 200 school districts across the country using some kind of SEL framework. As a Bucktown community, you all belong here. All right, Bucktown, we have some student birthdays. In seventh grade, we have Miley Torres. Happy birthday, Miley. Today, we'll learn more about social-emotional learning, whether it improves students' lives and whether it should be expanded, maybe even across our entire educational system. I'm Morgan Radford. Welcome to Building Classroom Connections from Today, sponsored by the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. We're able to sit down with four young CICS students, seventh graders Antonio, Lauren, and Davian, and Avalis, who's in the sixth grade. Antonio told me he initially had some doubts about social-emotional learning. When I first came to this school, I really thought it wasn't going to be no different. Um, the last school used to let me do what I was used to do in third grade, but uh, Mr. Weems, Ms. O'Connell, all the other teachers helped me learn how to fix my mistakes and turn them around. What do you think, Davian? I think the school is way better than my last one. Why? Uh, the kids are nicer, the, teacher, the teachers are better, and then our parents actually get to know what we're doing. SEL aims to bridge the gap between parents, teachers, and students like Davian. Just months prior, the pandemic forced students to learn from home, a change that separated them from being with their teachers and their fellow classmates. For students like sixth grader Avalis, it was pretty difficult to cope. Um, it was definitely a little hard and challenging because like you couldn't you didn't have a teacher in front of you teaching, so it was a little bit more difficult to do everything. And it was kind of sad, to be honest, because you can't see your friends every day for that many hours. Like we were all used to because again, e-learning was new to like 
mostly everybody. So I feel like it was just very difficult. Um, but again, the teachers did help us and they pushed through it with us and they always gave us like motivated talks and always make sure like they're your number one that they had to worry about. I wanted to ask you, Lauren, you, you nodded your head and you said that you changed a lot at this school. How do you feel like you've changed? Because when I was at my old school, basically what everybody was saying, like it was like really different from this school. But when I arrived in second grade, I was shy. And then one time, I still remember, um, we, was, we had stations. And this one girl came up to me and was like, you don't have to be shy. Like, I will walk you through like all of this and like, I'll be your friend. And then Miss O'Connell came in the classroom and was like, we have a new student, Lauren. And then she just introduced me to everybody. And then it just really like made me conquer over my shyness. The school. Yes. One thing that's interesting about these students is that they don't necessarily know all of the terminology of SEL. All they do know is that it's working for them. They say they feel like someone is actually listening, but it's change that took some time to get used to. Yes. How is that? When you first started talking about your feelings, did you think it was weird? Did you think it was cool? I will say it started off weird. You know, it felt weird at first? Yeah. <laughs> you all started yeah. nodding. <laughs> Yeah. Why? Why was it weird? Because, um, you know, it was new. we was new to the school and, you know, like, don't trust people. But, you know, the teachers can really be trustful because they're your teachers. And uh, after, you know, like a couple of months, you get to really, you know... Um, you kind of got the hang of it after yes. a while? And then now, how does it feel to talk about your feelings? It feels like they're always on your side. But what happens when students have to cope with traumatic events that happened outside of their school or even their homes? Coming up, we'll hear more from CICS students on how they use SEL tools to cope with racial reckonings that happened during the pandemic. Stay with us. Students today know more than just what's taught inside the classroom. Thanks to social media, young people are constantly aware of what's happening in the real world. Did you guys know about George Floyd and the protests that happened? Yeah. Yes. We learned a little bit about it in here. You learned, school. talked about it in school? Yeah, a little bit. In the early months of summer in 2020, protests broke out across the country in response to the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, hundreds of miles away from Chicago. Floyd, a black man, was killed by a white police officer, Derek Chauvin. The racial reckoning that followed became part of conversation for all of us. And at CICS Bucktown, it also became part of the curriculum. But you said you talked about George Floyd here in school. Yeah, a little bit. What did you, how did you guys talk about that? Um, well, it was last year and um, my teacher, Miss Miller, she was like, she just broke broke it down to us. She was like, we might not be into in school for this. You guys probably heard about it. Um, she wasn't going like too hard. She wasn't going like all about the details. She was like, I think we just all need to be a little bit more safe. Antonio, Lauren, did you guys talk about those things in school? And if so, how did it make you feel when you talked about those things? Um, while when they was talking about it, it made me feel more comfortable with the school and with the teachers because they went out their way to teach 
about the George Floyd problem and the pandemic. We had a paper, a paper for it. We did a, a scratch paper and wrote about how we feel. These methods help students process difficult experiences with their peers. This way, students can reflect on their own feelings and feel safe. And then they can share those feelings with others. When you guys talk about these things with your teachers and your friends, how do you feel after talking about them? I feel like fine because like I know I could trust them to tell them like how I'm feeling. So I feel like very comfortable and I know they are gonna support whatever I feel or whatever I have to say about the situation. We're going to take another break. Coming up, we'll sit down with a group of teachers to explore just how this model works in practice. And is it really something that can be expanded to other schools? More just after the break. Classes here at CICS look like a lot of typical schools, but if you stick around long enough, you'll start to hear some unique terms. We're doing, in the beginning of the year, what is called empathy interviews, but we're calling them listening conferences. So each uh, teacher in middle school is assigned a mentee and that you're a mentor. So there's a one-to-one -one check in that you have with that student. It could be I had a chance to sit down with some of the school's educators. What do you do in empathy walks or empathy interviews with the students? Yeah, so during empathy interviews with the students, I make sure to always touch upon what are some goals you have for yourself right now and halfway through the year, by the end of the year, what do you want to be when you grow up? Savannah Stanizek teaches second grade here at CICS Bucktown. What's something you look forward to? What's something you dislike about school? It's having that open conversation where they feel comfortable being like, I actually want to be able to solve this math problem in about six months. So checking back in and rehaving an empathy interview with having the first one written down. So you can check back in and be like, did you reach that goal? Tracy McCullough has been a teacher for nearly 11 years, even before the school used SEL tools. So if you want to know the impact of this model in practice, she's a really good person to ask. So then you may have conversations with them and talk to them about their likes, which is, I think we can agree, basically, was the first couple of weeks yeah. of classes is where we do team building and different things, or even for middle school in terms of the mentoring portion of it to where you get to know the kids one-to-one. -one. I teach history. So a lot of times when kids in years past, they may not have been excited about it, but then when I get to know them and understand that, I can make that connection to real life. What do you say to skeptics who say, look, any public school teacher is trying to do these things, is mm -hmm. trying to understand their kid and take into account who they are and really accommodate them in their learning plan. What is different here? Is it the method? Is it just about resources? Because in some classrooms you have three teachers there to a student. How does that work? I think personally speaking for me, I, from, in comparison to working in other schools to here, the, re, the, the funding is intentionally put behind for the resources to be able to have there. I've never worked at a school with this much amount of resources to help support the kids in the, in the way that they do. So it's definitely a thumbs up for me because a lot of times the teachers are doing it. A lot of times that's why they're so burnt out because they don't have the fundamental support or resources that they need to be able to meet the kids where they need to be. 
One study of more than 200 programs using SEL found it increased students' academic performance by 11% compared to those who did not use SEL. How can you tell it's working? Do you notice a difference in the students? Yeah, I was going to say, because also, too, it helps uh, in tune our planning in terms of the lessons. Because, as you know, if they're not engaged in what you're teaching, it makes it for a long day. So when you have an idea of what makes them tick or what they're interested in, and also, too, that connectability to their culture and who they are and their family, then it kind of helps with the planning. So then they're excited. We have that environment. We have an environment where kids are excited to come here. It is only through SEL, because before SEL, we didn't... We had mixed messages. There was always a divide where now I feel like we're a team, including the kids, being part of that team, with parents being a part of that team. Jermaine Weems is the dean here at CICS. And interestingly, he began his career in education as a security guard back in 1998, doing things like managing the lunchroom, assisting with school traffic, and helping students navigate peer conflicts. Me being in a dean role, I was also able to had a privilege of being a mentor to um, multiple kids. And it, it, it allowed me to not only deal with their emotional side, but see what they're doing academically as well. So I could, you know, so when we have our conversations, it has a lot more meaning. Was there ever an aha moment where you said, wait a minute, this um, is working. This method is working. When I approached a kid about an incident that happened and it wasn't a game of cat and mouse. Mm. One study found that students have more positive attitudes about school and themselves. Another study even found that it reduced student aggression, with half as many students getting into fights compared to non-SEL schools. What do you mean? It wasn't me trying to figure out what was happening. It was the child telling me what was happening. Because they want you to, to be able to problem solve with them through these conversations. You can only get to that point when you have that trust and, and they believe that you're there to resolve the situation, that they're a lot more comfortable in the classrooms, they're a lot more comfortable talking to each other, just being their true authentic selves. So I've seen it before and I've seen it afterwards, and I can could, I could honestly say that it does work. But not all parents agree. Some organizations say these conversations aren't safe or even necessary, claiming they're too personal. Other critics have accused school districts of using SEL to ask children invasive questions about their feelings, their sexuality, and the way that race shapes their lives. Yeah. Does it at all make you nervous <laughs> when your kids have your phone number? I mean, are you worried at all about the, the boundaries of knowing their entire person, yeah. you know, in ways that are perhaps less traditional? Yes. There definitely are boundaries, but I think that comes early on with knowing the parents and having that open communication with them where they know, like, oh, that's their teacher. Like, that's fine. Um, but that's setting that boundary early on and setting that relationship with the parents. They're like, oh, they're just calling Miss Stan. Is that it's fine? We know, and the science proves, that building healthy and strong relationships in students is the predominant factor that drives students' success and resilience. That's Phyllis Lockett, the CEO of Leap Innovations, which uses SEL as part of their learning framework. Leap is now being used in more than 400 schools across 23 states, including right here at CICS Bucktown. 
there's a lot of discussion in the education industry about serving the whole child, recognizing that we've got to do more than, to, than serve just the academic needs of every student, but we also have to serve their social and emotional needs. The first step for our teachers is understanding the students that they're serving. And so them understanding that every student doesn't show up the same, every student has different needs, different interests, different strengths, different contexts, that this, this work is helping educators get more proximate to the students that they're serving. So is it the teacher's responsibility or the counselor's responsibility or the parent's responsibility? It's the collective of caring adults around the whole child to ensure that all of our students can thrive. In the second episode of Building Classroom Connections, we'll visit a social-emotional learning school in Tennessee and have a sit-down about the future of education with Priscilla Chan from our sponsor, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative.